Hello and welcome to this very unique episode of the Christian Contrast Podcast. Today I'm joined by Andy and Phil. Hey guys. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Today we're going to be talking a lot about uh, what's happening to the world around us. Uh, just a couple days ago was LBF's first ever exclusively online church service brought to you by the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, we did it. Uh, I want to chat a little bit about where, maybe where we're going and some ideas that we have a church that we can do to stay connected. But I want to hear from you guys. How has this pandemic affected your family and maybe the way you do community with each other? You know, can we just acknowledge we're living in a crazy world right now. This is nothing we've ever experienced before. And so I think it feels like stuff is changing by the hour. And so by the time this gets released, who knows what we'll be doing. And When this uh, is done, since we haven't looked at our phones, a lot's going to happen in the world. We're all going to find out. That is true. How is your family handling this? Oh, um, you know, we're in a good spot because my wife um, stays home. She has a photography business, but is able to spend time with the kids. And so, um, man, just really feel blessed by that. Um, the fact that she's able to do that and kind of fills in that role is a huge blessing for us. And, um, I think we're on day two. And so it's like, I don't know what day 45 looks like, but, uh, yeah, she's got him running with her on Euclid every day and, and doing that stuff. And so, yeah, we're okay right now. Yeah, it's what day 45 is going to feel like. Absolutely. Right. Um, so I've talked to Gary a little bit about this, about how, um, you know, we had the kids, the quads in 2007, and then um, we were really just sort of sheltered in the house for most of that year, taking care of these kids, and then sort of opened the door and saw daylight for the first time in 2008 before I started working here, and the whole world had changed. And so... Um, I don't know if you guys have this sort of memory or muscle memory of 2008, but I feel like my gut has never left 2008, right? And um, all the different things, you know, the things with my son Jordan, um, all the different things that have happened with our family leading up to this, I feel like in a way my gut was sort of, because it had never left, this almost feels familiar, Mm. right? It doesn't feel completely the same because we're so early on in the process, but it's clear that every time you look at the news, it feels like big things are happening and unpredictable things are happening. And we just don't, we just absolutely don't know what is coming around the corner. Um, that, uh, that it does feel a little bit different, but, um, the through line is we have the same God, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that's the through line. So I often think about, um, like you said, just not knowing what's happening and what's going on, that that's unique that we feel that way, but not every generation has had the the luxury to always know what the future might hold yep. in the sense of like my wife just last night, she was like, I can't imagine people going through like, you know, world wars that involved our country sending out, you know, drafted young men and not knowing yeah. if they would come back. Oh, our this. grandparents' generation had to deal with this for years and years and years just here in LA, having to shut your blinds at night every night just in case the Japanese attacked. It was a different world that they are probably more familiar with than we are. Well, it was our great-grandparents' generation. <laughs> oh, low blow. <laughs> had to deal with that. <laughs> a low blow. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm kidding. But so, what, what's yeah. going on at your house? Gary? Yeah, so I mean, things are, are a little bit tense at times, right? You know, I mean, just there's a lot in the unknown. I think in my family, when we first realized that um, kids are, are pretty safe from this virus, there was some 
some uh, some ease there in the unknown. But then the way that um, the world started responding, like going to the grocery store and seeing empty shelves, never in my life. And I know that that happens kind of annually for people who live in maybe hurricane areas, but that's unsettling. And just a couple of nights ago, my daughter, who's seven, I mean, she kind of had a breakdown. And the only way she could describe it is like so many things are changing. She started crying because school was canceled for her. She loves her first grade teacher, realizing that she might not see her again for the rest of the year or whatever. And she had mentioned things that we didn't think she was picking up on. But like what we talk about has changed. The grocery store is not having food. Like she was really concerned about that. And even the jokes about like not getting to be able to get toilet paper. Like maybe she laughed in the moment, but she was like, that doesn't sound safe. And so now we're living less in in some big fear, fear of getting a virus, but more into like, we don't really know what next week holds. And that doesn't feel that safe compared to this time last month. Or my wife said, I mean, maybe 2020 should just be done. Like I'm waiting for 2021. That <laughs> might, that's got to be better than 2020. But man, there's so much truth in what your daughter said to you because... Imagine, I mean, there's so many of us that are scared of what's coming. We don't know what's happening. So many people in the world, especially, um, if your kids are talking that way, you should probably listen to them, you know, and respond in kind because there's some truth in what she's saying, you know. I just think, man, during this time, it is so important to be grounded in our relationship with Jesus and claiming the promises of his word over our families, over our lives, over this nation. And the reality that no matter what happens, God is still in control. He knew that this coronavirus was coming and like he sees how it plays out and we have that hope. And man, if we're not spending that time with him, where is our hope? How, how do you get through this? And if you don't have that as your basis, man, yeah, brutal. You're preaching right now. Uh, do you guys remember? I brought my LBF study guide. Always a useful resource. What a timely uh, right. sermon wow. series. And a real ad right even there. more timely and more useful now that the last live service that we had was the first day of death and dying. And it was based on James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So you're saying this is Dan's fault. <laughs> it could be Dan's fault. Oh, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, when you consider that this was the last series that we had together and these words consider it my, my joy, my, my brothers, when we face trials of many kinds. And the through line being, this is a test of your faith to produce perseverance. How does this sit with you? I don't like being tested all that much. <laughs> None of us do, right? Yeah. I like it on the back end when I've gone through it and I know yeah. it's over. Yeah. But yeah. It's interesting because one of the topics that points that came from this was others will see our faith, but how we respond to perseverance. Yeah. So here's this giant global experience we're all going through. Yeah. And maybe, um, I mean, we're not, not maybe, we're definitely being watched to see how we as Christians will respond to this type of crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, uh, I'm going to pull up someone just in this time. It's like, this is where you got to go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Man, delighting in the law of the Lord day and night. Or are we delighting in what CNN, Fox News has to say to us? And Where do we go? Like, what is, when we wake up, what are we doing? Man, I, I feel like I'm I'm trying to remind myself of these truths and, and the, the the scriptures, the hope that we have. Something that you and I have talked about, and we've both done some reading, is on trying to practice Sabbath in your family. And here's the irony: we might we spend way less time out doing things because we can't, and now we're at home with our family, where God would say that is the moment to focus on Him, to love on Him, and to love on your family. And now we have more than enough time to do that. Where a month ago we could have easily said. I don't think I have time for that. My life is so busy. And yet here we are in 2020 with, with lots of time to focus on God and our family. So I'd like to ask you guys, um, as our church family listens to this and watches this, they um, are curious about what church looks like now. One of the things that was really sensitive about last week as this announcement came is to make sure we don't say things like, we're canceling church. Because I don't believe that we're canceling church just because we can't meet on Sunday. I'd love to hear from you guys what do you think we mean when we say the word church? And does that mean it has to have a physical campus every Sunday? Well, how often do we say church is not the building, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's the, the gathering together, together of believers. And, and so clearly right now, because of what the state, our, our government authorities are saying, we want to honor them by not getting together. But yet... Um, you know, just even on on Friday when we got the news, we came up with this plan of we still want to have church together, but we're not going to be physically in the building. And um, so, yeah, it was just a crazy time. And I feel like all over the country, churches are in the same boat. And so it's it's fascinating watching how, um, yeah, the global church is responding to this. Yeah. And it was a at least for my family, it was a unique opportunity to sit together. It was really, I think I just want to right off the bat, Andy, yourself, Dan, the whole team just did such a wonderful job in creating a package that felt like it fit in our living room. It really did. It felt like you were there in our living rooms and I get to sit with my family, which doesn't happen all the time at church on a Sunday. Wasn't it strange for you? Like being at home Sunday morning? It was really different because the kids are eating breakfast on the couch while we're all watching it together. And, um, but there was, um, there was a gratefulness I had in that moment to be able to experience church in that way. And what other time would we have sat down to do that in that way? Um, it took a world crisis to, to make us sit together and really focus in on God's word together and worship together. And just to hear those little voices worshiping, uh, in our living room was a really, really special thing. And I think that's my hope with, with everything with, with this is as long as it might go, there's nothing that the enemy can do to defeat God's kingdom, to defeat this church. We already know that the through line of human history leads to the victory in Jesus. We are part of that victory. 
right? And all these little tiny churches that make up the whole church, meeting in everybody's living rooms are just a snapshot of what that victory looks like when parents are sitting down with kids, uh, mothers and fathers together, sisters, brothers, wherever you are, whether you sat, watched it with friends, you're participating in something that's so much bigger. And I think there's some power in that. And it's really, really special. And my hope that is over just the next few weeks, no matter how long this goes, that we're just able to, I don't know, lean into it and be creative in the ways that Embrace we communicate it. with each other. Um, yeah, there, and there's, I think that there's so many ways that we can do that. I mean, my hope is, I referred to the study guide earlier, and it's just such a great resource. And I've been communicating with Pastor Dan about trying to find ways to maybe cater the, the next study guides towards families so that as soon as you're done with that sermon and that worship, you can sit down and actually talk about it with your family. Go through those conver- those questions with your family. Uh, the Bible reading plan isn't going anywhere. I mean, talk about time on your hands to be able to not only read God's Word, but then talk about it with your family. Um, in addition to be able to invest in the the home and 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 your, and your life at home in creative ways that maybe you hadn't before that all lead to a stronger family unit and maybe a little bit of strength and uh, a little bit of wisdom comes out of this process when we're done. You know, I think in, in a perfect world, this is not the way that I would choose for us to worship sure. as, 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 the, as the church. But I think that this does, like you were saying, offer some real unique um, blessings and gifts. Man, we, we had a couple friends over and um, we had a big pancake breakfast and really just wanted to make this the Lord's Day. We, we, we did Sabbath at our house and it was just, man, it was really cool getting to do that. Um, but I, I think as as we plan this service, like you said, our goal was we don't just want to film one of our regular church services, but we want to make this um, like we're sitting together, like we are um, sitting at a life group, singing songs and just talking, you know, even the way that Dan presented the message was kind of a little bit different than how he would on a Sunday and um, man, encouraging people to sing. Did you guys sing out loud? Is that? Uh, I did not. Yeah. But I wanted to. Mm. I was too busy uh, moderating the comments and making sure the feed didn't crash. I get but, it. You're in a different world, <laughs> man. You're. But a... I see. I did see you ask that comments to the people on the, yeah. on the live feed, and lots of people. I think that was more common. Yeah, I got not. a couple videos of people singing in their homes yeah. and. Um, I just I get it right. For some people, okay, I love to sing. It's a a little bit awkward doing that as a family, but I think when you push through the awkwardness, and especially for us modeling it for our kids, man, there's something amazing that happens when when you sing out loud together as a group. Like, I think that's something back in the day, maybe like uh, grandparents and before their generations, they would sing together, right? But now we don't we don't do that as much. We're more isolated and and internet social media tv stuff has stripped us of of some of that stuff but there is power when we sing together for sure yeah i think you know i hope that we're able to get across that worship and even church uh doesn't only happen when we get together on sunday morning on campus because you describe worship worshiping at your home watching a video and it is awkward because it's different but it isn't um it doesn't mean that it's not worship what i love about what's happening is the idea that 
the renewing of our mind and changing the way that we think. Uh, we're changing the way we think of church. Not that um, I'm the first one to, to say I don't think online interactions are better than face-to-face, but there's a lot of opportunity there. I think about what happened to YouTube metrics last Sunday. I mean, that has to have been groundbreaking. Google people are probably like, what is happening? Yeah. Who are all these people watching churches? We Obviously, our views on our YouTube channel were this month because of one service are above over a thousand percent more than the Sunday before that was happening to churches all over the world. But was it neat to see you watch as the comments came in real time where yeah. people were interact actually interacting with, we one would didn't know what services. to expect. Right. Yeah. You know, we weren't really sure. We had talked a lot of time on Friday. What, what platform we would use to stream it. We haven't done this before. Um, people don't know this, but when we first started this Sunday, we weren't sure if we were going to, to drop each individual service at the time that they started, but we saw how valuable those comments were that live feed comment, like that is something, that is community. There's some prayer requests going down in there. Like we need to make sure that happens. So we scrambled last minute and created, this. we already had the video, but created another spot for it to drop at 925 and another spot for it to drop at 1055 because we wanted people to be waiting for the service like they are here in the lobby and on the patio. We wanted people to chat with one another and really be present instead of just watching it at their leisure. Well, I love that you guys decided to go with YouTube because I just think that that is the platform. If I were to say one thing about this whole deal is, man, for the people at home, I if you can watch it on your TV where everyone's in the living room and kind of engaging that way as opposed to like, everyone on their phones or laptops in their in their bedroom that 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 probably doesn't work as well as like man you throw it up on the tv and i'm sure anyone who's struggling with that they call into the church and ask for garrett and then you'd love to help them get it set up absolutely uh, absolutely. make that happen but But that's the thing watching it on our tv really felt like we were invited into a service like we're even though it was on youtube it was something that felt like it was an intimate part of what we did that day And then, um, again, just to be able to take and use this as a platform to exercise new and unique behaviors at home that would be beneficial is to use that study guide to, 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 to further lean into the Bible reading plan. I mean, this is not a time where any of us are going to be complaining about not having time on our hands, right? This is a time on our hands time. This is a time where we can actually take and practice some of those Sabbath practices, right? And in addition to that, and I know Andy, you've heard me ring this bell, but reading Proverbs as an adult or with your kids or or having your kids read Proverbs, um, if there was ever a time where there is, like seeing the difference, really trying to clearly see the difference between wisdom and foolishness, which is the thesis of Proverbs, was so important. It is now to be able to look at these times, whether we feel like it is an overreaction or where, or whether we feel like we're scared that at the end of the day, um, we have wisdom versus foolishness and we can make, we can make that choice and we can oftentimes see it clearly when we are in God's word. And so I, I, I would think jumping into Proverbs, if you haven't done that, uh, as a family or just in your own reading will allow God to just come in and calm your heart down because you're now able to at least have a guideline to make some wise choices. On a proverb a day keeps the devil away. There you go. I love it. I love that, Phil. I I love that you're jumping into some really practical stuff. I'd love to move in. Uh, here's some tips from you guys, because not only is is church on Sunday not meeting, we're probably experiencing some social distancing and isolation where even community and even what we think of as worship is going to be different. How can we, the next two or 10 weeks, how can we practice some of these um, 
spiritual disciplines and Christian living in a new way. I'm curious, especially about worship. Like, Man, it's a Friday, right? The craziness is going. And how much has the rain and cloudiness (laughs) just (laughs) amplified the craziness? (laughs) It's just been a wild time. Uh, We get back from, we went to Trader Joe's and we went to Vaughn's and just like uh, overwhelming. And we were sitting in the living room and I was like, we need to pray and sing. And so I went and grabbed a guitar and we're just sitting there singing. And um, for me, it's, it's, putting on worship music, singing spiritual truths. And, you know, you don't have to be able to play the guitar to do that. Um, <laughs> you too, over there. You, yeah. Um, but I think just you can put on um, Christian music on iTunes, YouTube, uh, whatever it may be. Just pick a song and, man, you can just sing that song together. And I think just uh, when when we praise together, anxiety is loosened and and when we sing together when we worship when we turn the attention away from ourselves away from the world away from the devil but focus on god and focus on who he is man that's that's the place i want to be and and so yeah just doing that um, whether you're in the car or, or or whatever it may be those are the times doesn't it feel even more important now like we almost had this maybe you had the space to get home and and watch TV and not think about how you can develop a, a space of worship in your family. But now knowing that that Sunday touchpoint is gone, you know, community-wise, it's like maybe maybe at home now I need to be more intentional with my family to be playing worship music because we're not going to get in the same way we have. You have to be. Because even long before the past couple of weeks, something that I've talked about to the men's ministry a lot and oftentimes said on Sunday morning is that if the devil can isolate you, then he can use your fears and insecurities against you in an effort to separate you from God, to separate you from the saving grace of Jesus and make you feel alone. And right now we're sort of forced in a way to be alone, some of us with our families, but I know that there's others that are out there by themselves. And oftentimes in these situations when we feel like um, we're in our hardest time or when the world is closing in around us, to take and step through that and do a couple of different things. Number one, say, okay, Lord, I'm going to intentionally call out the blessings in my life and thank you for them. So amidst all the junk and the garbage, try and figure out, okay, what, what is it that I do have in my life right now? Do you have food? Do you have extra toilet paper? You have more toilet paper than everybody else. Whatever it is. Probably not. To be able to say, yeah, probably not. To say, thank you, Lord. I recognize this as a blessing. And then B, to take rather than to try and to live in that fear and anxiety, to take and use that energy and push it out towards other people. One of the things that I always try to think of in those in those moments by myself with Jordan at the hospital last year is that it's hard, but someone else has it worse. And for every single one of us, we can say that someone has it worse, someone has it better. And if someone does have it worse, then I have an excuse to be able to call someone up and check in on them. And that's my hope. And that's what I, starting today, that's what I'm trying to do is text out to five people, hey, how you doing today? What's going on? And see if that can't lead to at least one or two calls. And so I ended up having a friend call me and check up on me and see how things were with us. If we can intentionally try and reach out to people, um, we're we're gonna start feeling like we are not alone. And of course, with technology and FaceTime and all the different things that we have, we can make real efforts to, to, to create community and to support one another without being in the same physical space together. 
Man, the, uh, I'm a huge John Eldridge fan. Like he's just one of my go-to guys, author. and yeah, author, podcaster, speaker, counselor, all that stuff. He has this thing called the One Minute Pause app, or Pause app, depending on where you're from. Um, and this thing is awesome. It has there's like a one minute, a three minute, five minute, and a ten minute, and it it is all about bringing you back into union with God and refocusing your mind. Um, and he leads you kind of through some scriptural prayers and just say, God, I need you restore my union with you. And so just stopping everything. I, I get a reminder at 10 and two to do this and uh, I'm not always good about doing it, but when I can intentionally do it and just come back, man, that's what God wants us. He wants us in total dependency on him. And so during this time, it's easier because we're all anxious and we're all worried and f- freaking out. And so you can be like, okay, God, I choose to turn to you. I need you. Yep. And can I have a couple other things, Garrett, before we round it out? Uh, number one is I think that there's a there's tremendous wisdom in um, James 4.10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord so that he may lift you up. And... W- there's a there's an opportunity to here to lean into humility in the face of these trials and in the face of your God, or lean into hubris and say, "I doesn't matter. I'm fine. I don't. I don't. You know. I can take this. is This is all overblown. Who knows? It might be overblown. But where's the where's the wise decision? Where's the foolish decision? I think that the wise decision is to lean into that humility and use that humility to be able to then check into other people and try and make the wisest choices possible moving forward. The other thing is one of my professors at Whitworth had told me, Phil, anytime you truly study the liberal arts, it's an act of worship. The liberal arts meaning any subject that your God has created on this earth, it's his creation math, science, art, any of these fields that all our folks are in that we are in, when you lean into those things and try and learn more about those things, um, it is an act of worship. And so my hope as well is that during this time, especially with my kids, is that we can take some time to not just stop school, not just stop doing the things that were part of our routine, but try and create them at home and then create new things at home. Like there's this new TV show called Lego Masters. We watched the first episode it was great, last right? night. It was great. Yeah. That amazing theme park. And so the kids were all riled up about Lego. And so we did a little Lego Master at our house and had them create a volcano with a story around it. And they all came and presented it. But their minds were active. They were doing things. And then last night, we decided to watch a nature program, but did it during a workout. So we created wow. workout stations around if the living room. If this is just day one, right. what is day wow. 45 going to look like in well, a Shabazz household? I think household? I'm using all my ideas on day one. <laughs> and I'm gonna, but my hope is that is that we can start sharing those ideas with one another because we, we may have a long time in isolation and we'll need to communicate through this technology a to support one another b to give give ideas to one another and um and c to find a way to do church together even though we're separated yeah i I love those practical things it's interesting because i spent a lot of time thinking about how we can develop community online not thinking that would ever be the only way we would be able to experience community and you shared some really great ideas on how to um, reach out to people you shared a technology that is on your phone to connect with God. And I think that um, more than ever, we're going to have to be intentional about those times. I, I noticed that um, it takes more intention on it because the temptation is to kind of just maybe go online and social media to distract us. But all we see is more updates about coronavirus and and how, how scary it might be. Um, but we can kind of get lost from what God is trying to do in our families and in our lives 
to the distraction that online connection can be. But I think if we think about community and think about worship, um, we can use those tools. Because I think I would imagine some of the stats, the amount of time people spend online are going to go up. I just made a Lent like commitment yeah. <laughs> to spend less time online. Right. And yet here we are. Right. Um, you know, something that I've said is you can use that time to do both of those things. I, I tell people, you know, if you could look at five posts and thoughtfully respond to them, that's way better than looking at a hundred posts and not saying a single thing. What, what does that accomplish? It's only you looking at someone else's post and stories, but not being present. You can still be present online. When someone posts uh, something they're going through in, in life because of this, you can say that you're, you see them and that you're praying for them and offer community. It just takes some intentionality. I just want to thank you guys for being yeah. on the show. Thanks, Garrett. Yeah. It's been really, it's been really fun. Talk. It's been good. I usually tell people, thanks for watching. We'll see you on Sunday. Uh, I can't say that. <laughs> but um, make sure you guys are subscribed uh, to our YouTube channel. We're going to be putting out a lot of content there. That's where our Sunday morning service is going to be, as well as potentially some, some ways in the middle of the week that you can connect with God and community. Thanks for watching.